Before this week's episode of The Bevo Boys, a word from our sponsor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast sites. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, here's the Bevo Boys. too feel the same way feels like groundhog day because every single year joe it seems that this team's fate is always the same and that is the trip down to san antonio once again the longhorns have been selected to play in the alamo bowl three out of the last four years and six out of the last 10 it is a reoccurring issue at this point that I am ready to be gone with but here we are Joe it is postseason play and I guess I have to say even though we're doing it over again I'm happy to be in this position opposed to being five and seven 100% Creighton uh way better I to this year I'll take the Alamo Bowl over being five and seven that's a great that's a improvement upon 2021 you remember when uh we were like, oh man, Holiday Holiday Bowl, that's for the losers, and Alma Bowl, that's for the losers, and here we are. We're we just, are the we are the losers. We are excited to be here, but so yeah, the uh, rankings came out yesterday. Uh, obviously, the four is what everybody's in, you know looking at, but unfortunately, Texas was unable to crack the top four just by a mere smidge of a margin, not too much. Not, and we were close. <laughs> we were really close. And so Texas gets ranked 20th, which puts them in prime position to be the third, yes, the third team in the Big 12 behind TCU, behind Kansas State, which would put them in the Alamo Bowl, and that's exactly what happened. And we are facing, drum roll for anybody that doesn't know yet the washington huskies and that is that (laughs) sark bull sark bull sark sark bull hey they're number 12 too so they're 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 number 12 so that's just gonna be like a pushover game this is gonna be tough this will be if you think about it i think there's been a couple games in this Alamo Bowl era, because it's essentially what it is, an Alamo Bowl era. The Utah game was going to be a tough one, and then I think right right next to that would be this one, because this, this is a matchup nightmare when you start getting into the numbers, and we'll get into the numbers throughout the next few weeks. We got 
basically how many days, Joe? 22 to prepare, three weeks. So uh, there's a lot to discuss like, here. Like 25, Creighton. 25, thank you. December. Oh, it's the 4th. You're right. It's not the 2nd. Yeah. It's the, it says at the time of this podcast recording, it is the 4th. 25 days to go before everybody makes that familiar trip down. Is it I-35? I-35. I-35. Makes that trip down to I-35. And once again, paints the streets of San Antonio with burnt orange. Don't forget to stop at Bucky's. God, just get the same carpool people that you were with. You might as well. I mean, seriously. like. And the only reason, here's the thing. You know what's really funny, Joe? Is that it's three out of four years, and the only reason it's three out of four years is because we didn't go to a bowl game last year. I'm pretty sure that had we had gone to a bowl game last year, just the knowing, knowing the landscape of how everything went down, uh, it probably was going to be the Alamo Bowl. So this is, uh, this is a home game at this point, essentially. Like, I mean, that's, that's what I have to say. I'm ready to call it the Texas Invitational at this point. Yeah. You want, you want to talk about Alabama being in the, the football playoff every year? Psh, Texas in the Alamo Bowl, baby. Who's the opponent? That's all that matters. And once again, it's another Pac-12 team uh, that many believe is arguably outside of, you know, I would say this year it's a little different because Utah's so good. But many believe that this is, you know, could be 1A, 1B Pac-12, like the best Pac-12 team. Uh, They got a stout stout passing game that is uh going to be a nightmare for the longhorns but here we are man uh all in all it is exciting to be back bowling and you gotta look i was looking at this joe i was looking at this entire season and we always question is and this will this is just we'll have to probably wait because hindsight will be 2020 by the end of next year the Steve Sarkeesian era starts out five and seven, and here we are—a three-game improvement at the bowl game that can, that uh, so that is you know the uh, the feature of the third best team in the Big Twelve. That's if you're the third best team in the Big Twelve, you get the Alamo Bowl basically. Uh, now that the playoff works, and we're eight eight wins, we have that, and we have a chance to be nine wins. And I just think, wow, well, if we can do that, how can you not be like, how, how can you not say it's a success, right? I mean, like, that's right. that's a pretty big leap, I would, I mean, when you start yeah. thinking about it. You have to win, though. If we go eight and five, I don't feel good. Right. Uh, I, think you, I think we can beat Washington. Like I said, we'll get into the numbers later. But, I mean, there's a lot on the line here for Sarkeesian and Pete Kwiatkowski. Both of them were at Washington. And this is going to be a huge step for Sarkeesian and Kwiatkowski. Can they prove that they have taken that step from last year? Can they prove they've taken the step from when they were at Washington? Uh, Sarkeesian was famously known for being pretty much 500. And to go 9-3, and three, or 9-4, and four, excuse me, uh, that's, that's a... That's a lot better than I think. He, I think that's probably that minus one season. That'd be his best head coaching season ever. And that's... it's in his second year at Texas. I think that's a good step up from five and seven. I think the fact that we haven't lost a lot of recruits shows that they they've bought in. They can see where this team's going. 
You just got to finish and win the Alamo Bowl again. It'll be huge for them. This is a, I really hope that, and I think that, I do believe the staff will preach this in some capacity to this team. Um, unlike many bowl games, this this one for the Longhorns is a big deal because one, it shows that you're definitely on the right track. It shows that you are trending head and shoulders above when it comes to uh, progress because anybody knows a four-game difference in the wind column from year to year is its not easy to do, and it's also its what we expected. So that's one. Two, it, it validates in some aspect the Steve Sarkeesian hire, and that's something that a lot of people, I think, have questioned over the past, even us questioned over the past, you know, two years. Is this guy for the job? And we've He's always kind of gotten the pass of, well, it was his first year, and, you know, he's got a freshman quarterback this year and stuff like that. But if he can come out and win this bowl game, then you're saying, well, you know what? It's the same thing we did with Tom Herman, uh, in a way. Like, you know, you know what? Maybe he should get, you know, he gets another chance. Maybe he's the guy. But it just validates that. Because, like, all in all, Joe, Tom Herman's issue wasn't technically winning or losing a bunch of games. It was a lot of other factors because he did win games for the, for you know the most part, and he definitely won bowl games, and so that's not why he got let go. And Steve Sarkeesian needs to do the same in terms of bowl games. That which is a, it's a little unfair because I do believe there will be a time where Texas does not win a bowl game. But over the past five years, Joe, this is all we've known when we've played bowl games. We've been perfect. We've won every one, and Steve Sarkeesian needs to follow that up, and if he wants to be validated as the next coach with his staff as the right fit for this university, I think that that this is a huge game for the Longhorns. It's a big statement game, and so I don't think anybody should take off. I hope nobody takes off because you're, you can win or you can lose a lot of recruitments because depending on where this loss or win, where it falls in the win-loss column, on December 29th could really alter the way that some people view view your program. Yeah, unfortunately, Creighton, we live in a new era where I have a feeling there's going to be some people uh, optioning out of the bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft, <laughs> one of them being Bijan. We'll have to wait and see what he says. Uh, let's look at the history of the Longhorns in the Alamo Bowl. Well, they beat mm, Colorado in 2020. They beat oh, yeah. Utah in 2019. In 2013, they beat they lost to Oregon. Oregon. And that was the only Alamo Bowl loss that Texas has had in five trips so far. This is the sixth. In 2006, they also went to the or 2012. Excuse me, skipped over 2012. They beat Oregon State. And then the other Alamo Bowl appearance, 2006, they beat Iowa. So basically, it's the Pac-12 versus Texas, and uh, except for the Iowa game. Um, so the records on our side, you know, four and one, coming into our sixth game. Uh, I just, I just wish, you know, I would, I would like the Cheese It Bowl, you know, just something different, you know. And, and beggars <laughs> can't be choosers. The fact we were five and seven, now we're eight and four. While there's some teams out there, A <clears throat> and M. Who aren't going bowling, you know? It's it's hard to 
it's hard to you know <laughs> complain. But hey, speaking of A and M, have you have you seen literally the mass exodus? It's like the rats leaving the ship. It's ugh. oh, it's awful. It's and we'll we'll go ahead. And it's just, like Moses we'll call, taking we'll... his people out of Egypt. It's uh, oh, they're all they gosh. are all leaving. College we can station. call this our uh, our weekly bash on A and M portion, just real quick. Yeah, they. Uh, it was you knew it was coming, but it came fast, man. And especially when, who was it? I can't remember, I can't remember him by name, so forgive me. But somebody had like tweeted about how like oh A and M said that A and M just got made sure they got the bag and then they bounced, and one of their recruits liked it. And so, <laughs> so basically, like, they got the bag and they bounced. Yeah, I was about to say he's not he's he's not denying that they all went to go get money and left, which would totally make sense uh, why they would do that. I can't imagine the athletes would go down there and have fun. So uh, this is nice to be on this side of the postseason and not on the couch wondering what's going to happen in the next year. And I think that this is awesome for us too because. It's it's one extra game that everybody gets a chance at, and I think the one person that needs it more than anybody <clears throat> is Quinn Ewers. And yeah, I I I really hope, I really really hope <laughs> that he doesn't lay an egg in I, this oh, game. If he because, if he lays an egg, Arch right. man, and get ready to start next year because because uh, there's no pressure. Like honestly, yeah. like is there? There's pressure, yes, but like ultimately, if you lose this game there's no uh ramifications for what happens after you lose the game you lose the game season's done like you win the game you win the game season's done it looks worse or it looks better but in terms of the grand scheme of like where your next part where you go after this doesn't honestly matter in terms of this season this is the last game the finale fine whatever officially so quinn you should just go out there and let it don't let it fly. Not like that, but be loose. <laughs> be, be loose. loose. I, exactly. I think that they should definitely look to try to get him, uh, really work him into a game plan, make him comfortable, see what they can, you know. And that, and if Bijan does not play, which would suck because he is, unfortunately, he is the poster of the, the Alamo Bowl right now that they put up <laughs> uh, in San Antonio. So... Boy. That'd be really weird, and but if he doesn't play, then I think Quinn Ewers uh, should even be more of a focal point in this ball game. So yeah, this is this is a big tune-up I think for a lot. And I mean, I think Xavier Worthy can get some confidence in this game. I think there's a lot, of, and that's what you kind of saw uh, in the past couple of bowl games, Joe. Is like we would what we did against uh, you know Utah or stuff like that, and even like. The, this this bowl game can mean so much for your off season in terms of and also you just the mentality of your team. It might not change anything in terms of where you you know because the, the season's over. But I, this seems to be more of a meaningful bowl game than a ton of the bowl games that are happening around the NCAA. Yeah, no, I agree. That could be me as a Texas fan saying that. No, no, I I mean because like if it. you win this bowl game, then you can see you know where you're heading as you head into the next season. Um, and like when it comes to Quinn, you can see if he's made some progress, you know, after the eggs he has laid here in these last few games. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about CFP playoffs that we're not in. 
because we barely missed it. It was so smidge, close. just a smidge. They had a they had a reporter in Austin just in case they selected us. <laughs> uh, it was it was really close, folks. And all the all the team was sitting in the uh, yeah, all the team in the, was in the Hall in of the, Fame section. Yep, they're all the, sitting watching the watching the TV. <laughs> they were all sitting in the Hall of Fame. Waiting some for some the, some the some were reporting that they started crying when they weren't selected. Yeah. Because um, it just seemed like a done deal. It seemed like a done deal. You're right. Uh, yeah, and, and like I said, we'll we'll bring you more Alamo Bowl stuff as the weeks lead up. This is the nice thing about the bowl game. Like we had weeks to like preview and prepare. It's not just a week by week thing like we normally do. So, so see if oh, people one thing I do want to oh, see. Hold okay. on, one yeah. thing I want to say uh, before we rip into that is that I think you can sell to recruits and transfer portal people. Way easier if you're nine and four with an Alamo Bowl win, opposed to being eight and five with not one. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's that's completely facts. That's facts. So the CFP facts. playoffs, the CFP playoffs that we didn't make by a hair. <laughs> number one is Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Number three is TCU. Number four is Ohio State, and the committee did get it right. Say that again. The committee did get it right, even though so people I really... don't know this. People people don't know this, but but Joe was adamant, and I'm saying I mean, basically guaranteeing it. Joe Theismann. I mean Joe Namath. Joe Theismann. <laughs> Joe Namath. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Hey, Naismith. sometimes many does feel like Joe Theismanns, but right? uh, yeah, no. So many uh... Joes. Joe Namath guarantee that TCU would not get in. And Alabama would. Not only did TCU get in, they didn't move. Anyways, continue. I well, here's where the dilemma is, and here's where the committee screwed themselves with past precedents. Um, is it the four best teams, or is it the four teams with the best resumes? So if you're doing the four best resumes, they got it right. If you're doing the four best teams, that TCU team is not that good. They are not that good, and everyone talks about how they drubbed Texas. I mean, yeah, they, they looked a lot better than us, but they only beat us by seven. Defense shut yeah. them down. Like, that all night. True. And so, is that... And, and then and then they barely beat Baylor. They barely beat Oklahoma State, who ended up seven and five. They barely beat uh, Kansas State the first time, and that's because they knocked out Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. Then they, they lose to Kansas beat- State. I was going to say, they would have barely beat Kansas the second time, too, had they won. Yeah. So... And they ended up losing anyway, so... Yeah, so... uh, They only beat Kansas by 10. Iowa State by 10. No, Kansas by 7. Iowa State by 10, which they they weren't good. West Virginia by 10. They weren't good. The only teams they really blew out were... Oh, wait... No, no, no. They blew out Iowa State. My fault. They, I think it might have been Kansas and West Virginia then. No, Tech. It was Tech and West Virginia by 10. And, well, I'm not going to say anything about Tech. But the only two teams they blew out was Iowa State and Oklahoma. And both those teams were terrible this year. So, tell me, Creighton, if, if TCU and Bama met on a field right now, who would win that game? Well, I think it's... I think I think it's a tough thing, and this is, I don't I don't I honestly you, no matter how many teams you expand it to or whatever you're probably going to end up getting this conversation. 
uh, no matter what. But, I mean, I, I'll give you this. It is true that I think if you put Alabama and TCU on the field, I'm sure Alabama would win. But my thing is, it's like, if if you're the best team, not even the best team, if you're one of the four best teams, this is an argument. And this can go back to Texas, too. Because hmm. <laughs> you'll, you'll see how I tie this in. If you're considered one of the four best teams, at what point does your resume matter in terms of who you've lost to and who you've beat? Because if you're one of the best teams, shouldn't you should you be a two loss team opposed to a TCU that's only a one loss in the championship? Opposed like same thing like with Texas. Like on you know, Texas, great football team, got talent all the way around. But are they honestly a great football team? Like Joe. If we put, if you put up TCU in Texas, or you, or even when we did Alabama in Texas, matchup wise, for who like mano a mano, who are you gonna pick? Some people are going to actually pick Texas because of who they have, and they are a very talented team. The problem is, is that they don't produce the results, well, and so at some point, hold on, at some point. <laughs> Hey, oh, at some point you have to say, well, sure, you're a very talented team and you might be, you're, you're, you're very good, but how good are you technically if you can't beat an LSU or you can't beat a Tennessee, but here's Kansas. I mean, Kansas, here's TCU that is going undefeated. Like that's got to matter, man. You can't just say, well, this is the best team. Let's put them in. How many, I mean, like if they would have lost three or four games, are they still the best team? It's the same thing. So and to that point, I say, hey, did you watch TCU play this year? Because that didn't look like a top four team, if I'm being completely honest. Max Duggan is a top four player in the country, but that is not a top four team. And I hate to say it, I you know, Michigan's going to smoke them. Right now the line's nine and a half. I think that goes up. Really? Yeah. Michigan, without Blake Corum, smoked Ohio State on their home turf. What are, what are they going to do to TCU in Arizona? I mean, TCU's got man. TCU has some weapons though, man. Like, yeah, they're not. Okay. They're not. And, they're not. They're not down and out. Well, do you think you think Michigan isn't ready? They know damn well they're going to throw it to Quentin Johnston. They know dang well, so they're going to have him locked down. So it's going to have to be someone else who steps up for TCU, or else no, that ain't going to happen. And I'm sorry, but I think the a lot of football football comes down to the line play. Would you agree? Well, how you play in the say, trenches I, is pretty much... I would say it, that dictates basically how you control the rest of the entire game. Tell yes. me TCU has a better offensive and defensive line than Michigan. Because that Michigan offensive line is the best in the nation. By and far. No, but this is, the, this, is, this is exactly this is the point here. Is that they might not be better than Michigan. Honestly, they're not better than Michigan. <laughs> but the point is, is that they went... 12-1 and one with the conference championship berth. They did what they needed to do in Alabama for as good as they could. They lost they by four in hostile. They didn't, they didn't win. They lost by four in hostile SEC environments on the road. So Hey, man, TCU won in hostile environments in Waco. So <laughs> No, dude, yeah, yeah, Waco. So hostile. Ooh. Ooh. Are you, but like, so, but I... Okay, uh, riddle then me what's this the thing. point? Hey, Here's me, the deal. Let me play devil's advocate here. 
Bama beats Please. LSU. Bama only loses to Tennessee by three. Who gets okay. in? Who gets in now? Now there's one loss for both of them. But then one Bama's in the championship game. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Bama, Bama beats see? Tennessee see? but loses to LSU. And, and TCU wins the loses the championship yeah, game? Yeah, TCU, the same thing happened to TCU, but Bama <laughs> beat Tennessee. Their one loss comes by one point on the road in Death Valley to LSU. I think TCU deserves to be in that spot. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my just, God. All right. I was curious but I think I think the committee. I think the committee would have had a tougher time that way. I, I, I'll give you that. I do think the committee would have had a tougher time. Um, this will be crazy to see if TCU does end up winning this game. Somehow. Who knows? But if they did, would I still don't believe people like you who are on that side are going to say it's justified. I think you would still – were you still going to end up saying they're lucky or what? Depending on how That's the game, a real question. Depending on how the game played out, if they go out there and they absolutely dominate Michigan somehow – then I will eat my lunch. And, okay, well, D.C. was a good team. They came out to play and whatnot and so forth. Weren't lucky in that game. So My thing is, my thing is with this also, and then I want to get, I kind of want to get your take on T.C. being the first Texas team in. But in terms of 12-team playoff, when when that takes place in 24. Yeah. Is that honestly, that's obviously to get in everybody that you could think of, right? But yeah. honestly, the way you're talking with how Michigan's going to apparently blow out TCU, or even if Georgia does that to Ohio State, because if the wrong Ohio State team shows up, we've seen what can happen. It can get really ugly. Uh, is, there, is there honestly a point to expand it to 12 to 12 teams at all because you can't Tulane would be in that program would be in that thing mm-hmm. and you can't convince me in any shape form or fashion that Tulane would ever ever <laughs> upset any of those top teams I get it if Tulane comes out and makes a you know a great run against a, a you know USC who is the 10th what are they the 12th what are they they are the 10th ranked team yep. the 10th ranked team you know, and they lose. I get that, and but Tulane playing dudes like Ohio State and Michigan and Georgia, if that gets to that point and stuff like that, you cannot convince me that those kinds of teams, as deserving as they should be, I guess to be there or not, depending on how you feel about Group of Five crap. I just don't even see that being remotely close. So I don't even know if the 12 team thing is a is is the right way to go about it to get in all those guys like in Alabama you say or you know uh USC or any of those dudes. I I mean I guess you're right, but it'll eliminate all this, you know, arguing that we're doing and the whole country's doing. So and you know, like you said, maybe TCU beats Michigan, maybe Tulane plays a great game and beats you know, whoever they play in the first round. Who knows? <laughs> that would be something. That would be something. Be... So, and that's not know, for a while, though. Not for two years. No, it, 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 no, it's not. We got one more year left of this, but this was the committee's, like, basically worst nightmare coming to life. Uh, anybody that's wondering, because this was, this was almost like a BC, BCS year. Actually, yeah. I could argue it was a BCS year. It was year a BCS year. There were two teams that were head and exactly. shoulders above the rest. 
And then if it was the BCS, it would be Georgia, Michigan. No one would be arguing. Everyone would be, no, yes, no, okay, work. yeah. And that's what that's what this whole thing was supposed to eradicate. And they finally had a year where that happened, where it was a year that the computers would have done basically the same thing. Yeah. And there was really – there was not much you could do. And I don't know if it's because teams like were, didn't get jobs done or it's just the way it fell. But this this was – the committee's worst nightmare having to pick it like this because it's been pretty all right the past, you know, so-and-so. There's been, like, <clears throat> very worthy people of being in that four spot or the three spot, however you want, you know, yeah. and multiple conference championships. But at this point, Joe, we got one one team, one team in the four that's a conference champion. Not, yep. Two it's, teams. It's, it's, it's two weird. teams. Thank you. Two teams, yeah. out of, you know. And so uh, – that, that's usually almost, if not three or four, usually our conference champions. Yep. And uh, I, it is what it what, is. What happens, what, what happens if USC wins their championship? Well, that's their end, honestly. Well, they're which in. Which is so but do weird. You, do you bump TCU down for Ohio State? One loss each. Yeah, that's a conversation. That, that, yeah. one, that one, boy, that, that, that been is something. a conversation. Uh, that's a conversation that I'm I'm willing to entertain more than the Alabama one. Yeah. I could see well, no, them. Yeah, no, I could see yeah. them bumping out TCU over Ohio State if TCU had lost and USC had won, which sucks because and this might come into play if Texas ends up being great next year. <laughs> What's the absolute point of playing in your conference championship game? Because it doesn't look like it helps, even though they're saying yeah. it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, tell me, tell tell me exactly who it's helped, other than if you're one one or two. If you're the t- first ranked team or the second ranked team, and you're undefeated, and you lose or win, it doesn't matter. But does it ever actually help the three or four team? Because Ohio State got to sit at home, not even worry. You know, after getting booty smacked. Oh, they were by worried because if USC and TCU win, they're not playing right now. But I'm saying, I'm saying they couldn't. All they had to do is say, and they go, well, as long as they lose, that's it. That then they didn't have yeah. to worry about how they played the, the game before or anything like that. They got to sit at home, and here's TCU and Alabama who got rewarded for being undefeated and only what and being undefeated in the Big Twelve and then a, being the top team in the Pac twelve. We got to play another game, and for USC's purpose, luckily not TCU, it ended up screwing them. Yeah, if they probably wouldn't have played that. If they wouldn't have played the game, Joe, what would have happened? They're fourth. They're ranked fourth. If yeah. they don't play, if they don't play the game, they, they stay the same. Yeah, yeah, I'll, so, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. So I guess one it, one last quick thing here before we wrap up. Uh, how how do I feel about TC being the first Texas team? Yeah, that's uh, a uh, well, boy, they should all be ashamed in Austin and College Station right now. That's for sure. I would like to see. I don't know at the top of my head, and I if I don't know if you can find this out faster or not, but I would like to know. The amount of money, it's a lot, but it ain't the same. Yep. How much money gets funneled into the Texas program and the A&M program more than the, the TCU one? Texas is the most valuable college football program in the nation. Exactly. And I'm A&M's sure like and A&M's not third. far behind. No. Yeah. So it's, it's embarrassing. So it's embarrassing bad. that Sonny Dykes is a first-year head coach at TCU and he took them to a playoff. And Texas has had three since 2014 and no one can figure out what the hell's going on um that's all that's all i'll say i'm just gonna hope tcu loses because i couldn't bear the thought of them winning 
a playoff game and having those bragging rights like forever. So it it shows you first yeah, it it's it's just frustrating to think about, but it shows you that I don't think it's out of the question for Texas. Everybody gets upset when we demand excellence of a coach or players in the first year. And I think this kind of shows you that we're right. It's not out of the question to say that, is it? Like to 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 to, to ask for excellence, right? I mean, Max, Max of all people, like you remember last year, Joe, or the year before that? Just the time we've had in this podcast, how we were we are basically clowning Max, you know, for his play. In a way, you know, he wasn't very great, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, here he is, Heisman quarterback, just out of the clear blue. And he's been there. I get that. But he's doing it with the first-year head coach. And Sam had four years and never got anything to it, never got close to this. So, And I don't know, man. Uh, do you think Max Duggan is more talented than Sam Ellinger? Nope. So it's it's frustrating because on one hand, fans say, well, you can't demand excellence. Uh, but... On the other hand, we go, well, why can't we? A team in Fort Worth who's had a pretty average program for the better part of the last five years, you know, just up and got a new coach from SMU, who's a group of five school, who only plays so much competition in the year, just literally came in here and won 12 games. Like, come on. Like, yeah. it's and it's bad for, it's even worse for A&M because they put $100 million into a man that, literally doesn't look like he knows the answers uh, at all, at, like at all. And it looks like he's going to be gone here if he doesn't figure it out in the next day. Somebody put up $30 million on that buyout, Joe. One Dang. donor themselves said, I will put I wish I had that kind million of dollars up. I wish I, I had know, that kind And of I hate it because you've had – we're nine years into this into this playoff, and there's been a lot of teams that have come in and out of the playoff, and I get that. But – you couldn't you couldn't muster up one single year yeah. as the Texas Longhorns to win twelve games yep. and and get a chance in the playoff. I mean yep. twenty eighteen was the year to ooh. do it and they blew it against oh, West yeah. Virginia and they blew it against uh Oklahoma State. So And it honestly maybe it comes back to two abysmal coaching hires that even though Tom Herman wasn't the worst, he uh wasn't the best he definitely <laughs> He wasn't the best. And Charlie Strong, mm. there's not enough words for me. I, great guy, but well, in terms of coaching ability, yeah, I I don't even want to go down well, that. Before, i got a lot of words on that. Before so. I start puking, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Texas fans, happy Groundhog Day. We are back in the Alamo Bowl. That'll be December 29th. Yep, December 29th against Washington. So we'll bring you stats and takes and whatnot as we lead up to that. But until then, always remember the eyes of Texas are upon you and hope.